Hello, this is Hilary Robertson. Welcome to the latest episode of Harmonious World. For this episode, I'm joined by violinist Heideko Udagawa. Her latest album, Nostalgic Russia, is out now on Russian label Northern Flowers, and it celebrates the rich legacy of Russian music with some world premieres and rare works for violin and piano. And it includes the first recordings of new transcriptions of Rachmaninoff's Elegie and Tchaikovsky's Romance. There are pieces here by Kabalevsky, Nepravnik, Rimsky-Korsakov, Stravinsky, Arensky, Skriabin and Shostakovich. It's a real delight and I hope you enjoy listening to my conversation with Heideko. Hello. Hello. How are you? Hello. I'm just going to ask you questions about this album. Nostalgic Russia and then a bit about your background yes and a little bit about what lockdown means and what the future holds yes it was very hard because this recording was made during the lockdown and it wasn't easy no I can imagine and it's a beautiful beautiful album these are lovely pieces yeah I know I collected it it took a long time to collect those special pieces tell me about how what made you decide to do this in the first place yes um of course I have um I had a lot of influence from my mentor Nathan Milstein about Russian music and some of those pieces were introduced by him and he recommended some of them to play as an encore and why don't you play this piece, that piece. That's how I got to know, but not all the pieces. And when I wanted to make the collection of Russian pieces, Russian pieces have some beautiful, soulful melodies and uh, with a lot of color, I found it very interesting and also I mixed with some dazzling showcases. So um, I was very attracted to those Russian pieces and I wanted to um, find something um, rare pieces, um, well-known composers, rare pieces, which are not often played. That's what I aimed. And I found some and some are transcribed for violin and piano, especially for this CD. Yeah, and that's really exciting, isn't it? Yes, it is. It is. Some people actually, uh, somebody, I don't know, got in touch um, through my website and um, wanted to have the music, but it's not only manuscript. (laughs) I played the manuscript. So, (laughs) yeah, that's amazing. So how did the recording take place? You said it was recorded during lockdown. How did that happen? Oh, um, you know, I waited so long. I already, I was ready to record, but lockdown came and some venue were not available. So we had to still wait some, but I did not want to wait for months and one months. So whenever some uh, venue became available, I grabbed it. And although it was middle of lockdown, I was quite determined to do it. And I did it. Yeah. Yes. So, so what venues did you use? Oh, that was an old, old church which was used for recordings often and quite well known for recordings. It's written in my um, t- uh, booklet and um, 
it had beautiful sound, so I have used it before. And um, I like uh, English old churches for recordings often. Even something like a very big one for orchestra uh, recording called Handywood Hall. It was originally a church. So oh. I did, the, yes, quite a, a few churches uh, recordings. Right. That's fantastic. There's something, isn't there, about the acoustics within old churches? Yes, I like it very much. Yes. 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 Yeah. Very good. Um, so can you tell my, because it's possible that some of my listeners have never heard your playing before, never never seen you perform live. Tell me a bit mm-hmm. about your background. Yes. Um, of course, I always wanted to be, from a little girl, wanted to be a a professional violinist, concert violinist. And especially after I came to London, I was lucky enough to meet Milstein. Actually, I approached him after his concert and I went to backstage and I did not, I couldn't ask him to give me lessons. I just asked him, could you possibly listen to me once? And he said, yes. And uh, comes on some date with a violin. And he gave me his um, private telephone number. So I rang up and I went to uh, pray to him, um, gathering all my repertoire. And after I prayed, uh, he said, uh, if you like, I can give you lessons. That was the start of 10 years association. Wow, so, that's he, amazing. Yes, he encouraged me to do. I did not have so high um, goal to start with but he really pushed me up (laughs) (laughs) encouraged me and you must do this you must do that even so difficult pieces he wanted me to challenge and I when I say well I'm not sure I can play that one so well or not then he says I can make you play well (laughs) (laughs) so I had to do it (laughs) and the lessons were very demanding and but he spent quite a few hours every time. So just bringing one concerto or one piece wasn't enough. So I had to work so hard for that, which was good for me. But uh, I learned so much when you're so young in, in your 20s and um, have, having such a strong personality, great uh, musician, um, you know, close to me was really experienced and gave me so much influence and that made me as a musician without him I wouldn't be a musician wow that's amazing yes this cd um reflects that it is um you know what um I learned from him and memory um I have with him came out in this cd and that is the uh, um, heart of um, my new album. Yes. Yes. And the pieces really do allow the violin to sing, don't they? Yes, that's right. That's very, very important. And the Mulstein used to say, um, you know, affection is very important. You have to play with affection. He used to say that. That I always try to remember when I did, uh, did the debut recital at the Queen Elizabeth Hall. Um, he couldn't come. It was a very fast, a big concert in London. It was very important. But he was in, in Europe, in Germany, and couldn't come. But it was so touching that he sent me 
at Telegram that time and saying, um, pray well affectionately. That's all he said in the Telegram. And that was so moving for me. And I never forgot that. So every time before I give performances or I do recordings, I always remember what he said. Affection is so important to grab um, audience heart. Yeah. And and that's the joy, of course, of performing live right. in front of a, a, that's right. a, a, a real live audience, isn't it? That's right. Yes. So that, those things I learned a lot from him. Yeah, very good. So you had you had to learn all these pieces and then you had to record them and then there was the post-recording processes that yes. went through. Yes. Uh, and, until then, until recording is uh, uh, preparation is the hardest part. After that, course. everything's easy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> of course. That, yes. Was it difficult to accept that the pieces as you performed them, that that was the definitive version that you wanted to go on the record? Or, or were, there, were there those feelings that, oh, perhaps I should do it again? I mean, they're beautiful recordings, mm. but but I know that as a performer, sometimes you you see and you hear the 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 things that you could perhaps do better next time. Was that a difficult thing to to actually accept? No, uh, actually, when I prepare fire, um, I do the preparation and the rehearsals with pianist. I always record all rehearsals and to see how it sounds like. And until I get satisfied with those, I wouldn't go to recording studio. Oh, that's very so, good. Yes, so I prepare everything recording so I can, so that I can listen to them uh, objectively. So by the time I go to recording studio, I am ready. Very to good. Do my, to do my best. Yeah, fantastic. Yes. yes oh, that's yes. brilliant. Yes. Another thing I wanted to mention is that I, always tried to find a great piece, uh, great pieces which are not recorded, which I su succeeded. For example, uh, when I made a Kachetorian disc with Boris Berezovsky, I found out with surprise that Kachetorian sonata, nobody made a recording of Kachetorian sonata before. So it was first, you know, first recording, world premiere recording. I was very surprised to get to know that. And um, I knew um, filmmaker at that time, actually it was in New York. It was recorded in New York. And um, filmmaker just made a Kachetorian film that time. And I was introduced to him. So I said, I'm just preparing to make whole disc of Kachetarian. And then he said, I can introduce you to Kachetarian's grandson, which he did. Uh, that was such a memorable experience. And Kachetarian's grandson was delighted to hear that I was collecting all his works for violin piano and making CD to all devote to his works. And then he offered that he, actually there's one piece never been published. And he kept it as, um, you know, handwritten, um, handwritten music um, score. He kept it, not published. He liked me to have it. And I add that piece in the program. 
So that is the only piece because it never been published. So that was a unique experience. So I played from handwritten, you know, score. And wow. I, yes. So I was so grateful to meet somebody like that, grandson, and to receive a copy of a manuscript directly from grandson and to play for the recording was quite experience for me. That's amazing, isn't yes. it? Yes, I, I was so moved to, to meet somebody like that. Yes. Yeah. And of course, Sonata was the first time, first recording. So, yes. and, and also I found Grinka Sonata was also the first recording I recorded um, a few years ago. Um, Grinka Sonata, uh, Viola Sonata is very well known. Uh, quite a few viorists recorded it. But uh, com- it's not a transcription, but composer made um, Vari Sonata very similar to Viola Sonata, he, a little bit different, but it's not a cra- transcription. And I discovered that Grinka Sonata wasn't recorded before either. So mine was the first one. So I have a, quite a unique experience. Yes. That's amazing, isn't it? Yes, That's really when you stunning. try those things, you know, you know it, it happened, those things. Yeah. So I was lucky to grab those works and to get to know those works. Yes, and to study them to the extent that you did so that you could then give that first recording. Right. Yes. And now that exists yes. and will exist forever yes, as the first so. one. That's amazing. Yes. So that's quite a unique experience. And I'm so pleased that I found those pieces. Yeah, brilliant. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So this, this one is uh, two pieces were first time recorded as the first time, which is uh, Tchaikovsky romance. So just as a chance, I discovered it. Um, piano piece and some pianist, actually Richter was playing. And I thought, this could be transcribed for violin and piano. And my transcriber agreed and he did it for me for this disc. And so is Rachmaninoff um, Elegy, which is quite popular. Many great pianists recorded that piece, but it works very well for violin and the piano. It does, yes. And the melody part. Yes, yes. So those two pieces, I'm quite proud that, you know, I discovered those. Yes, yes, the the Rachmaninoff elegy is is beautiful, and I've and obviously I've never heard it yeah. with violin. It's it's yeah. as you of said, course, it's nobody well played known. before. Yes, no. nobody played it before. <laughs> it was specially transcribed for me for this disc. That's brilliant. Yes. So, what do you think is the the connection for you with Russian music? What do you well, think it is? Yes. Well, I am very attracted to Russian um, music and also many Russian um, musicians and so many great Russian violinists. So I'm so attracted to Russian music and Russian musicians and Russian violinists. And uh, because I associated with Nurstein so long, so his influence is in me. So I feel special, very special towards Russian music, Russian musicians. So that's how those, um, you know, that's why I concentrated and I made many Russian discs, not only violin and piano, but with orchestras. 
So um, I was glad that I could discover those pieces and I have some strong tie with Russian music. Yes. yes. Yeah, obviously. It's beautiful. Yes. Yes. So where can people, when can people hear you perform some of these pieces? Well, I did, you know, so many performances. And this disc, as, as I said, some of those I have played as encore after the recitals. So that's how I knew the pieces. But now I am concentrating on um, recording those pieces. After a certain age, you think of legacy. And if you think of legacy, recording the best. That's how I started to think recently. That's why I'm concentrating, discovering special pieces, especially uh, nobody has recorded before, and to put into recording. And after my death, still is there. <laughs> <That's Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. And what a legacy. I mean, this is just beautiful, oh, beautiful so stuff. Yeah. Yes. I just did it with all my energy and all my, you know, feeling and affection. Yeah. Yes. You and that comes everything. across. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, and that whole thing about emotion, there's definitely emotion, affection and passion that's in there that's or that's in right. every note. That's I always aim. I don't want to play with very cool, you know, distant kind of performance. I never want to do that. Brilliant. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for joining me. It's been brilliant to talk to you. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Well, I hope you enjoyed listening to that conversation. Heidi Ko's experiences as a violinist are fascinating. And particularly her studies with Nathan Milstein that she talked about with such affection. At the start of this podcast, I played... Tchaikovsky's Romance, Opus 5, just a few bars at the start, and now I'm playing the end of Rachmaninoff's Elegy. Both of those were transcribed for this album by Heidiko Udagawa. I hope you've enjoyed listening to our conversation and that you enjoy listening to many other of my episodes on The Harmonious World. Please do share and rate and review wherever you get your podcasts, and I look forward to speaking to you next time. Thank you for listening to the latest episode of Harmonious World. My name is Hilary Seabrook and it's a great delight to bring this series of discussions with musicians and composers and writers and all sorts of people to you. 
Obviously, there's no point in having a podcast if people aren't listening, and I'm very grateful to my listeners for doing so. Thanks also to Joe English for composing and performing this new theme tune. So wherever you get your podcast, you can leave a review. You can share this with your friends and family, either as a link or on social media and that sort of thing. I'd be really grateful for that. Don't forget that you can subscribe now. There's a link wherever you get your podcasts. So have a great week and please remember why I started this, which is just to try and make the world a little more harmonious. Thanks for listening to Harmonious World.